welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host, fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Oh, hey, Rich. That's a good and you got in there. I was just kind of giving it some bass. Dude, my wife likes to break down anything that I do into a negative way. Yeah, I know. And uh, the podcast came out in her car for some reason driving home because my wife does not, like you guys, listen to the podcast regularly. She's not a big football fan, to say the least. Right. Uh, and she's like, do you normally say the word and that long? And I'm like, uh, yeah. So that's kind of my thing, you know? And she's I- like... It's kind of a little too long. I'm like, says you. We've been doing this for four and a half years, lady. Yeah, I was, I was standing there as well. She, I, I was witness to this. She was like, it's just a little bit of a long intro. <laughs> She's like, kind of a long, don't you think? Yeah. We got to build up to the good stuff. Yeah. She's like, were you talking about putting your hand in a cow's butt? And I'm like, probably, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it sounds like something we talk like, about. Things come up on the podcast right. like that. And she's like, and people listen to this? I can't um, be expected to remember everything we talk about, but that sounds like something we <laughs> talk about. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I go, oh, it goes to other podcasts. Like, other pod- podcasts go back, they edit it, they break things down. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know what we saying there. I was like, we literally record it, and then we just put it out in the world. Like, we don't listen to back or uh-huh. anything. Like, we don't know what we – like, sometimes I go back, and I literally re- – I enjoy the show because – I forgot what we even talked about. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is good stuff. I, I, I only, like I, I only, I only occasionally listen back, and it's only when I, when I know we've said something pretty funny, and I just want to kind of relive it in my life again. Yeah, that's like the only, that's the only time I ever listen again. Oh, yeah. I, well, I agree yeah. a lot with what's going on in that podcast too. I'm sure, I'm sure you do. So, uh, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What? Well, and people like that?" I'm like, "Well, people listen." I'm like, "A lot of people listen." Yeah, I was like, "I don't know why, but they do." Well, we know why accuracy you got balls like this yeah when you got those uh, kind of balls old be- wrinkly people will balls. people will sift through the crap to get to the good information so here we are entering week six of the fantasy football season on a nice tuesday it's my birthday today oh happy birthday sir thanks man yeah, 39 you look, years young. you look old dude is 39 <laughs> ever look so good i don't know i'll tell you when i get there uh this is it this is my last year of my 30s oh time to get extra dirty i guess is that what the kids say nowadays <laughs> Tell that to the wife later. I'm like, hey, hey, it's my last year of the 30s. And I was and just so happened. Uh, I was watching so, something for football, and like, oh, this basketball player, and his uh, back was like, had degenerative things in his back. And I'm like, normally we don't see that. This is what the lady said, the doctor. Normally we don't see that until people start turning 40. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. whoa easy. I am not ready to degenerate easy. yet. <laughs> I'm still generating great stuff out here. Somebody loved me. You're a degenerate. Uh, I'm getting old, dude. Yep. I mean, whatever. It's all about the heart mm-hmm. and football. 39 years strong of love in football. Straight love. Took man. me this long to find a fan tra- franchise quarterback. <laughs> Been waiting forever. <laughs> but um, uh, let's not talk about my greatness and, or, or misery or all of the above. Let's talk about some other people's miseries, what's going on here. Um, J.J. coming out of nowhere, getting his ACL torn. Right. That was weird. Um, he, like He even left that game with a knee injury and then came back in and finished. So I'm, I mean, there's, I've got, I mean, there's some speculation out there that he finished the game with an ACL tear, which is crazy, pretty hardcore. But I mean, so Jai, you know, he was on it last year, was contract in Philly. He ain't gonna be back there. Uh, had a back issue, has his bone on bone, like degenerative. Speaking of degenerative, degenerative knee, 
issues as well. Right. So that's the other knee. So he, that was, you know, he, he, he tore his ACL in his right knee and then he had the de- de- degenerative stuff in his right knee. And a bad back. And a bad back. He broke, he, yeah, he broke his back and now he tears his left ACL. Wow. So I'm not sure he was going to be back. Like, I mean, regardless, um, he, I think front offices know that he's a short term kind of mm-hmm. uh, asset as, as well as, you know, as as much as we do. And then did you hear some of the comments that he was saying also about how they needed to run the ball more and run the ball a lot more and stuff like that? No. So I'm not know. sure that he would have been, you know, I'm sure the the coaches didn't love that either. Not really. You know, for me, this is something I've been saying, sell, sell, sell for about two years now. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not absolutely. really, even after his 200 yard games, we're like, hey, capitalize on this. Get get the hell out of here. Uh, if you didn't, you kind of miss that ship. It's uh, right, a port. Right. I think, uh, I think. Th- I mean, There's no pretty ladies waving back to you. Basically, exactly what we always thought about Jay Hijai. We liked his talent. Um, we didn't trust his ability to stay on the field, and it's pretty much coming to fruition. Exactly like when he's on the field, it looks great. It's just that he's always, you know, his knees uh, always going to be always a thing. Always off the field. It's and, like and, it's like owning Tyler Eifert in fantasy football. You know he's going to get hurt. Right. It's like. You know, again, there's players out there that are just good football players, and they either can't stay healthy or they just can't produce in a fantasy option. Like, you know, I was just, somebody was talking to me today about, like, Paul Richardson. I'm like, dude, I kind of think Paul Richardson, you know, he made that one catch. He went up there and got it, looked really good doing it. Uh, for Washington, I was like, he's a good football player. Right. Not really a great fantasy player. Yeah, and he went out this past week also with an issue. You want to why? Because he's like a tumbleweed. Because Paul Tumbleweeds Richardson. Is that was it a nickname we gave that him when he came out of college? Yep. Paul Tumbleweed Richardson. This little slight fellow. Look at that strong gust of wind. Oh, there goes Paul. <laughs> See ya. Put a string on a guy's foot. Give me some feathers in the back there. Like a little nice little kite blown out there. Um, so, I saw a funny tweet too. There said uh, the uh, the Redskins, the Indians, all lost on Columbus Day. Oh, big spread. Right? It was something else too. Some other Native American. Good thing. lord. But I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, so with Ajayi being out, the question is: There's rumors now that they're going to potentially trade, try and trade for Lashawn McCoy, which makes a lot of sense. He's their sixth all-time leading rusher. Um, that is something I made as a bold prediction before the season started that Jay, that Lashawn McCoy would be traded off the Buffalo Bills because they're going to suck so bad uh, that they're going to get all the assets they can, which would be make total sense if you can get any kind of return for an age agent running back on a team that's trying to build for the future. Uh, do you think he ends up in Philly? Because I kind of have this weird feeling he does. Well, I mean, here's the here's what I know. I mean, I know that they the Eagles just hit a very rare thing with Fletcher Cox, and they restructured his contract in order to make $6.5 million of cap space this year. Yeah, it's a good amount of money. You don't normally see stuff like that unless you have something in mind with – to, to use that cap space for a lot of people thought because the Browns called up a running back on their tech from their practice squad, which they're going to use for special teams, actually not for a running back that are like, Oh, they're going to trade him Carlos Hyde. Right. Uh, which is still, you never know. You never know. You never know where this, I mean, I also heard, um, the David Johnson rumor. Heard that rumor as well. So I, they made a phone call. Something is going to happen here. They're not going to stay in pad. I don't think at the position they didn't clear that that cap space for no reason. You don't do that. You don't give the dude a bunch of money basically is what they're, what they're doing to Fletcher Cox in order to, to, you know, basically restructure things to cause, to, to get yourself more cap space for no reason. There's something behind that. They're going to be making some sort of move. 
They're going to need a running back. They're going to need a running yeah. back. They obviously know that. Where where it's going to come from, who the hell knows, you know? Right now they're sitting with two situational running backs, pretty much, with Wendell Smallwood. And Smallwood's, you know, quietly even doing all right. He's he's running back 33 on the year. You got Corey Clement, the Super Bowl star, who's more of a situational pass catcher running back. But, I mean, still with Smallwood, what, what is he, five foot? Eight? He's five, I think five foot ten is what he's listening okay. at two oh eight. Okay, so, so uh, not super tiny guy, but right. I mean, that's a Devontae Freeman type of running back, you know, size wise. And if you're de- so, if you own a Jai, the guy that's in first crack at it, what it looks like it's going to be Wendell Smallwood. I would imagine uh, they're yeah. going to give you know Corey Clement some carries. I think he came back to practice as well. I was going to say he's been banged up, but he, but they're expecting him back. Correct? But I'm using this like so. I'm looking at this where the complete opposite. Like, I'm not going to go out there and try. You know, this is my redraft league for a temporary fix. I'm going to go out there and pick up Wendell Smallwood off the waiver wire um, and get him on, get, get him in my flex spot. But if I'm a Smallwood owner now, I am totally just trying to get a second-round pick out of this move. Like, I'm, hey, JGI owner, I'll give you Wendell Smallwood for a second. Right. So they have until, what, week eight? Is that when the new deadline is for the trades for the past couple of years? I don't know, honestly. I think I think it's I think it's week eight. So okay. they have a couple more weeks, and if they don't make a move now, and Wendell Smallwood does well, obviously you have a great selling opportunity. Yes, uh, as you were saying. But uh, obviously, why not just use that window right away though, and just sell like right away? Like, hey, Wendell Smallwood's been named the starter. I give them to you for a mere second round pick. Oh, I mean, I would definitely do that if somebody was willing. I, if I was a buyer, I would want to. See it a little bit more, I guess. See it. Make sure that they're not going to trade for somebody like. Well, this right is off for the, the dummies that don't listen to the podcast. Oh, all right. Obviously. Well, if there's people listen here, Matt, are intelligent dynasty players. They're not going to make a silly, quick maneuver like that. Like, oh, hey, you got Wendell. Let me get them. Uh, let me give you a second round pick for that guy. Well, yeah. Well, it's a great way now. Then it's a great time. I mean, to to cash in on the guy and because I mean, if you have him, most likely you picked him up off the waiver wire at this point, or you got you him. You could have drafted Wendell Smallwood, right? Yeah, I guess I just gave up on one small one in one Mr. of my Mr. Wendell? Leagues. Yeah. But it's because I needed the roster space. Oh, I, thought render. I thought you said, Mr. yeah. Mr. Wendell, yeah. You are, I mean, you, just, you have such a nice, deep, sultry voice for radio, but terrible singing voice. Oh, I've got no singing voice. I, that's what I'm trying to explain to you right no. now. It's terrible. No, you don't need to explain it. I mean, um, I speak terribly and have a bad singing voice. Right. I'm all of the above. But for 39, come on, don't pick on the old guys. I'll try to respect my elders. In my youth, I sounded fantastic and vibrant. <laughs> but um, anyway, you got him. You got him much later in the second. If you can get a second round pick for the guy right now, that's that's a great opportunity. I think. Yeah, I think it's a good time to sell that. Either even if you're own, own Corey Clement, uh, that's not like a long term value. I don't think Corey Clement is. Um, so I'd be looking to sell there as well. Just kind of capitalize on the situation again. Nice time of the year to find some desperate people as they lose players to take their draft picks. One last thing before we move on. There were, of course, the early reports of a Le'Veon Bell trade, but then that sounded like that wasn't. Really... I saw a report that said that there's no truth to that right. whatsoever. Um, I just wanted to mention it because I'm sure people will have heard of it by now. Okay. So, hey, what just... about Le'Veon? What about him? Exactly. He might play week eight versus the Browns. Right. He was ass kicked by Miles Garrett. What do you want to do? Say something. We got all the defense. We got all the rookies of the year. Booyah. Last week, Nick Chubb. This week, probably Denzel Ward again for the second time. Baker Mayfield, psh, Brown. Get it? God, I'm so happy. Let's move on before I just uh, explode all over the place. Um, Richard, Math- Richard Higgins, hurt. 
Uh, speaking of somebody who got injured. Yeah, and he was stepping up nicely. Um, you know, they were scaling back Antonio Callaway's stuff, and, and, and Richard Higgins was getting more of the snaps, and he was playing. He was having a really nice game. He scored a touchdown, and then unfortunately. It was his birthday, too. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's so, nice. And he got a little MCL type of uh, sprain. Now, two to three weeks. Yep. Uh, could be a bump to a guy like Antonio Callaway. Uh, could also be kind of pay attention. They brought in Rashard Matthews for a uh, tryout. They could sign him, and he can be in their number two receiver. Uh, I think if there's something like that. I think if something like that happens, and Callaway gets a slight bump, like they were talking about, pushing him back a little bit. Right now, he's still locked in as a number two. I think because on today's show, we're actually going to talk about guys that we think are really good value uh, to buy right now for Dynasty. Should probably said that before the show started, before twelve and a half minutes in. But today's show, that's where we are going to talk about some guys that we think are good buys now where even some of these guys we're going to talk about, like, well, he's not too cheap. Yeah, yeah, but the price down the road is going to look like it's a pretty good deal. Uh, we mention this all the time on the podcast. Hey, don't be afraid to spend a little bit, what seems like a little bit more now, when next year it's going to be like, wow, you got him for that? Before the stock goes through the roof. Yes, buy the penny shares. So uh, Higgins out. It might be, if, if they do bring a guy like Rashard Matthews, it probably had a one-year deal. Might be a nice time to buy a guy like Antonio Callaway. Um, not now, but a couple of weeks down from now when those numbers are still kind of mediocre at best. Uh, also, somebody that got hurt, Matt Breda, has got the mid-ankle sprain, you said? Yeah, yeah, the MRI revealed it was a mid-ankle sprain. It wasn't a dreaded high ankle sprain. So, I don't know. I mean, they're coming up with new terminology, it seems like, every year for these ankle sprains because before it was just either high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain. Well, I- when I was a kid, it was just an ankle sprain. It's the fourth quadrant. <laughs> now, now, and then they came up with a high ankle sprain, low ankle sprain. Obviously, the low ankle sprains were better. I've never heard anybody describe it as a mid ankle sprain, so I don't know what the actual severity and timetable is here. Well, I think a, the mid a, would then just be your actual ankle, and the high is like your shin. <laughs> <laughs> Beats me, man. I know the high ones are bad. I know the low ones aren't as bad, and beats the heck out of me on a mid-ankle sprain. So I guess we'll have to see. We'll find out. Best way to describe it is he's got a boo-boo. He's got a boo-boo, He's got man. a boo-boo, um, right. which is going to get Alfred Morris some more carries, too. But I guarantee under waiver where you might want to check it, and a guy who catches the ball real well is their fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk, uh, yep. I think he had five catches this week when Brady went out, too, catching the ball well. No quarterback throws the, more, the ball to the running back more than a C.J. Bithard as well in the quarterback. So... If you're real desperate running back and you lost to JHI and you listen to the pot and you're not going to be foolish and spend a second round pick on Wendell Smallwood, knowing somebody else is going to come in there and take that job, if Kyle Juszczyk is on your waiver wire, he might have the potential to be, be somebody to come in there and give you that five to nine points. Like he'll be like your Derrick Henry. Right. You know? Yeah. It's a, you have a guy in your waiver wire that can potentially outproduce Derrick Henry it's, by catching five it's footballs. Definitely better yards. than getting the goose egg, you know? Like, I mean, if, if, if you're. Definitely, uh, you know, counting on Matt Breda. Just go out and get the guy. He's a nice little plug and plays. He'll get you at least something. Nobody likes a goose egg. Nobody no. likes the, the the new Twitter account that just sits there. The egg. Nobody <laughs> likes that. Nobody even wants to respond to you when you're like that. Like, hey, can I, answer, can I ask you for this fancy? Like, hey, can you get like a profile picture? So I know like, I'm not talking to some stalker in a white van and once they <laughs> offer me some candy because I like candy. And I might accept. And all of a sudden now I'm trapped in a van duct taped. And who knows what you're going to do to me, you sexual demon. Wow. I was talking that to you directly. I, I saw the look in your eyes. eyes. Like, how yes. dare you seduce me with candy? <laughs> I'm a 39-year-old man. Got some Mike and Ike's? Do you have any candy? <laughs> can't say no. <laughs> Actually, I can. It's just like Mike and Ike's and uh, any of those chewy stuff I can't really say no to. Like, you want some? Like, yeah, I want some. 
Why? Is anybody looking? Hot tamales? Are you down with no, the hot tamales? No, I don't like hot tamales. Oh, if, I w- no. if I was going to have one, it would be the delicious hot cinnamon ones. See, I, l- I don't mind hot tamales, but it's like, so when you're popping Mike and X, right? You're like, pop, 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 pop. Ooh, flavor, flavor, flavor. Like, the hot tamales are just like, okay, cinnamon. Oh, cinnamon burn. Cinnamon, cinnamon burn. burn. Yeah, cinnamon, cinnamon burn. It just keeps building. It's amazing. What are you talking no, about? No, not a fan of that. Man. Oh, yeah, I do not like a, that. No, not me. Give me some uh, Give me some Sour Patch Kids or some Mike and Ike's. Mm. And I'm sad. And Laffy Taffy. I don't like uh, like I don't like the candy candy like that. I like chocolate candy for the most part, but um, give me the cinnamon burn. Yeah, see, I don't like chocolate. Yeah. We've talked about this before. We have. Some, somewhere over the last four and a half years. Yeah. Um, so Kyle Hughescheck, a good ad. He's a good Mike and Ike. Alfred Morris is going to be more of like uh, a hot tamale or what is it called again? Hot tamale. What do you mean? Okay, I'm just making sure. No, nah, you, you nailed know. it. Okay, I'm just thinking tamale. I'm like, oh, andale, andale. Uh, so he's going to be more like consistent. You know, Alfred Morris. Nothing really overly great about it unless you're Matt and he likes that kind of thing. Uh, and Kyle Hughescheck's going to be a little bit more of a surprise. Like those Mike and Ike's like, ooh, strawberry, lemon, lime, cherry. I don't know what I'm going to get, but it's all delicious. Feel the burn. Points, 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 points. <laughs> um, speaking of somebody that didn't get hurt. Uh, oh, wait. Somebody else did get hurt. Austin Safarian Jenkins on IR. He has a core. Uh, a core muscle injury. So who knows what he, you know, tore an abdominal or a lot of the times that sports hernia surgery type of yeah. thing. When they when they say core muscle. Yeah, lift your legs, buddy. Yeah. Somebody said he's been doing that all year, and that's why his numbers kind of suck. But he's done nothing. You're not going to miss him. At this point, I mean, Austin Severin Jenkins is almost cuttable. Obviously, you're going to IR him. But would you feel comfortable like, if your IR is already stacked at this point in the season? Because you're like, dude, I got a lot of Because cool you're IRs. like me in my Superflex League where I have Austin Severin Jenkins, uh-huh. and I've got all three of my spots taken. Yeah. Would you like he's cuttable, right? The second I need a spot. Yeah. Like, right so- now, I've got an open spot, so I don't okay. need to. All right. But if I need to, room I, for one more, he'll be gone. Ooh. Ooh, two of you want to come in? Him and Jay Stu are sitting Sorry, there. Sorry, Austin, you got to go. Him and Jonathan Stewart are just sitting there. And if I have anyone to pick up, well, it'll be Jonathan whoa, Stewart first. Saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> go back to the tape. Jonathan Stewart's never playing for another football team ever for the rest of his life. Austin has a chance. Like I said, I've already got one open roster spot. That, okay. that league is very deep. There's like nothing on the waiver wire. I never have an open roster spot ever. There's there's no reason. There's no one to pick up. Well, I do have Corey Coleman on a roster. That's an open roster spot. Right. Still, exactly. I, he's still there. Yeah. A couple ex- weeks exactly. later, he's still there. But there's nobody to pick up. You're right. If there's no one to pick up, I'm not going to just drop him just to drop him. Again, I mean, like, this is why we preach you do 30 man rosters right. because of this. Right. Like, there's nobody to pick up there's on the literally waiver. Literally, no, there's no one to pick up. I it's mean, drafted and traded. Yeah. You never. You, God, don't you? And don't, but don't you love that, like, a part of it? Like, it could be frustrating. Like, okay, I just need a backup tight end this week. Evan Ingram's out. I just lost Tyler Eifert uh, and Trey Burton's on a bye. I just need a backup tight end. And you're looking on there, you're like, you're like, this guy's projected for 1.1 1. 1 point. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> Is he a legal citizen? Does he have a group? Who is this guy? I do a podcast and I don't know this guy's name. Yeah, it's bad. Like yeah. when I look through the system, like I don't even know these people. Are. I'm like, dude, I study this as like a part time, lot of time hobby. Part time. I was going to say this a lot of time. It's, it's like a part time job and I don't even know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love it. There's it's a couple great. guys like that. It's yeah. great because, you know, if you have to suffer that way and you draft well, like, you know, like you mm-hmm. and I do, because mm-hmm. we listen to this podcast. Uh, back occasionally, <laughs> <laughs> only uh, on the funny ones. Like the people that don't, like they gotta go. Out there, they gotta be like, dude, I got two tight ends. One of them will, is Will Disley. Another one's Uncle Rico. Right. Like, what, what am I gonna do? Guess what? You gotta make a trade. Gotta go out there and trade. Forces trades. God bless them. Um, some people that aren't hurt, they're coming back here. 
Uh, Mark Ingram comes back, comes into the game, dominates the carries, gets 16 for 53, two touchdowns, sees four targets, three targets, catches uh, two of them for 20 yards. Yep. Alvin Kamara sees four targets, catches three of them for 15 yards. The backup quarterback ran for a touchdown. Oh, I know. Taysom Hill. So I got a lot of Alvin Kamara shares, and I lost a lot of leagues because, eh, you know, I was like, dude, there's one league I was literally down 12 points, and I'm like, dude, all I got left is Alvin Kamara. Didn't even go back. I, I just counted it as a win. Like, I'm going through my 20 leagues in a week. I'm like, okay, that's a win. Uh, this is a win. Yeah. And then I, I look back. I'm like, okay, that's a loss. <laughs> that, thanks for nothing. You're not scared if you're a Kamara. No, I think you? this was an, an aberration type of game. I think they'll get him more involved next week. Kind of give him a breather. Use the fresh legs on, you know. 100% think that's what it Monday was. Monday night football here. Yep. Get him in there. Show him what he's working with. Uh, maybe they want to trade him to Philadelphia. Who? Mark oh, Ingram. Mark Ingram? Oh, yeah. Yeah, never, dude. I mean, hey, get out there. There's a lot of teams need running backs right now. You know, all of a sudden San Francisco needs a running back. Uh, they need a running back <laughs> over there in Philadelphia. Right. So they're like, hey, Mark, you look pretty good out there, don't you? Fresh, extra muscular. Don't know what that's all from. Could be from anything. Probably the <laughs> smoothie you drink there. Probably. You been hitting up that Ped dispenser? I mean, Pez dispenser? Just curious. I want you to go anywhere. Hey, easy. He served his time. He did. And once you serve your time, you're a free man. You're a free man. So, but he looks pretty good, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and don't be worried about that because, like you said last week, I had to guess where he was. He finishes running back number six on the year, and Alvin Kamara finishes running back number three. The offense is perfectly suitable to carry two running back ones. Is it going to hurt Mark Alvin Kamara's numbers a little bit? Yes. You know, he's Just no longer like, going to average 40 right. points per game. Right. But maybe he'll average 20 points per game, which is still pretty good. Right. That's, I think, the exact breakdown that I had last week, and uh, I'm sticking by it. Dude looked really good in that game. The guy who caught uh, the pass-catching touchdown record there, Trey Quan Smith, Quan our boy Smith. on UCF. Mm-hmm. Uh, three catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Good thing to see there with, you know, we somebody who we liked. And that Teddy Gingery finally gets him a shot to get in there because Cam Meredith, somebody who we thought could potentially be that nice sleeper guy, so the touchdown. I was going to say, Cam Meredith had a, had a decent game. He's rounding, in, I think, back into shape from the ACL there as well. And that's fine on that one-year deal, but I still think the future there is going to be Mike Thomas and Traquan Smith. No, I think so. I uh, think the way right, yeah. Drew Brees is playing, I mean, I can see Drew, plays, Drew Brees playing easily for another two years. Definitely. So uh, nice nice numbers there. Real good upside of things to come, definitely with the way you got to cover a guy like Michael Thomas with no tight end there as well. You can run those three wide receiver sets and be perfectly fine with that. Look good. Jamal Charles signs with Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a year last year. The Denver Broncos averaged 4.3 yards per carry. Does this excite you? Um, No, it actually worries me a little bit. About Leonard? Well, about Leonard Fournette, yeah. Oh, Leonard's going to be out till the bye. I'm thinking about week 10. Yeah, that's... Find a guess. Right, that's... I mean, this that's what this says to me. I mean, T... Uh, Yeldon hasn't been doing that bad. No, he's been scoring over 20 fantasy Ooh. points per game with this guy being out here, doing fantastic. But I right. think a lot of those points have come in the passing game as well in PPR, and I think that shoots Yeldon uh, a little bit better for his style of gameplay. Not more of an in-between-the-tackles runner, long stride kind of guy, but still catches the ball really well. I think they're going to use Jamal Charles a little bit more as that base runner, in-between-tackles runner, see if they can get that 4.3 out of him, but still utilize a guy like TJ Yeldon out there. They, they released Wilds as well out there, so I think it's going to be a nice combo. I, I still think if I had to play one of the two, I'm still playing Yeldon over a guy like Jamal Charles. Definitely. But coming off that 4.3 yards per carry in Denver, 
on this with this with this offensive line, this offense, um, definitely a nice waiver wire pickup or maybe nice flex play going forward until Leonard Fournette comes back. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so, man. Um, Jamal Charles. <sighs> I, I think he can be I think he can be a bi week fill in type of guy. Yeah, I don't think you want to be, you know, putting, hey, putting him in the there. Weekend, new change of scenery did Adrian Peterson. I I know that. I've seen that. I also seen I saw his knees almost get blown out this past weekend too. Did almost you see that pass? Yeah. Oh he dislocated God. his shoulder too. We didn't mention that earlier. He said he Forgot. dislocated his shoulder in the play on one of those plays. Yeah. Um He must be thirty nine. He must be old. It sounds like he's got degenerative issues all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's degenerative about me is my uh, my hair. Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, you're supposed to say no. No, man. No. All our foreheads are getting bigger. Just okay, just checking. At different rates. So, Jamal Charles, worth a pickup, not worth a trade for. Um, right. I think people might get overly excited about him. Again, if you have him, if you were like just stashing him, any kind of draft pick you can get for whatsoever, because once Fournette comes back, it's it's over with. But it will be about th- what? What do you think about four weeks of Jamal Charles and TJ? I Yellen think combined? so. Yeah, I think they got to really let this hamstring calm down. What does that? I know we were speaking earlier. You know, I think last podcast about Leonard Fournette's value and what we thought of him and stuff like that. Does this does this change your value at all on him? Does it change your urgency to want to sell? No, I mean I've wanted to sell once he got hurt again, no matter what. I don't right. think it changes the value just because we know what it is. It's a hamstring injury. They do linger, so it's right. not like it's a long term injury. It's just it. It's I think what they're going to do now is exactly what they need to do in the first place, and what they should have done before they brought him back in is rest it long term. Right. Make sure he gets in multiple practices where that thing feels a hundred percent, and then. Until it does, you don't play him. And right now, it looks like I think got about a week nine by somewhere right around there, where you let that go by, and then it's supposed to say they come back right around week ten. Then you bring him back in here, so you're going to get him into practice. You're going to let him practice slowly and wait and bring that back because that's an, that's a, literally an injury you just have to baby along the whole way, and unfortunately, it takes a really long time to truly heal itself. So, if I ever wanted to buy Fournette. I'm going to use this opportunity to buy him. If I'm looking to get out from under him, which I am, I'm not taking any less value than when I thought he was healthy. Right. He's still 23 years old. He's still pedigree on a really good team that wants to run the football first with a good offensive line and not a strong passing game. I will sit out and play that game. You know what I mean? Same thing like we said, buy like a Dalvin Cook. Like I'm not going to just sell Dalvin Cook now because he's come off his ACL and he hasn't done anything through the first four weeks off the ACL injury. I'm not going to do the same thing when I know Leonard Fournette has a bye, uh, a hamstring injury, because I know when he plays, he dominates. He definitely does. he's healthy. Yep. So I'd rather just wait it out and get true value. I mean, what are you going to get for him right now? I'm not going to take – I saw some trade markets out there on Twitter. Uh, I'm not taking a first and second round pick for Leonard Fournette. I'm not taking I, – I have Leonard Fournette No, you got to get a player at this point yeah, and, somebody and offered, something. Yeah, yeah, somebody offered me – uh, they came to me today because they know I want Baker Mayfield in that league. And they're like, hey, I'll give you Naheem Hines and uh, Leonard Fournette. Or Naheem Hines and Baker Mayfield for Leonard Fournette. I will no. Is it Superflex? No. No? No, it's not Superflex. It's our league. It's our it's our di- original Dyson league. It's Tommy coming at me with this straight because he knows I want Baker. I'm like, no, dude. Like, no. He's like, damn, I thought that would work. I'm like, why would you think that would work? <laughs> thought I had you hoodwinked. I was like, I like Naheem Hines, but he's a situational runner. And I love Baker, but I don't need him. Like, I would like to have him, right. but I'm not giving you Leonard Fournette for Baker Mayfield in a single quarterback league. 
was like, if you want to throw AJ Green and Baker Mayfield in that deal, I'll give you Leonard Fournette because I can afford to do that. But I'm not just going to give you him for Naheem Hines. He's like, well, I like Hines. He's, I'm going to start him the rest of the year. I'm, and I, get, I wrote back. I was like, the key word is you are going to start him for the rest of the year. <laughs> I was like, he would be on my taxi squad behind Le'Veon Bell, Karrion Johnson, and Melvin Gordon. Right. Thank you. Have a great day. You're not helping my team out. No. Man. So, yeah. So, that, I mean, that being said, for somebody who has multiple Fournette shares, no, I'm not trying to. I'm definitely looking off, like, off, like sell him off, but I'm going to sell him when he's doing well. Right. And just get out from under okay. that. So, I, for me, it'll probably be either a late season trade, but more likely now at this point, if I'm selling Fournette, unless somebody's looking at him like, hey, I can wait. I want to get good value back and offer, like, somewhat of a fair deal. I'll, it looks like for me he's gonna be an off season. I would say he's gonna be on your team this year because you know you're gonna be competing towards the end of the year. You're not gonna want to yeah. unload him then. You no, know, for but. sure not. And then by that time, somebody's not gonna, the other team that I'm talking to deal with it anyways. He'll probably be out of it and not want to give up much for him anyways. Right. Either that so, or he's gonna be somebody right on the cusp. And who wants? I mean, you're not gonna want to deal it to somebody you're gonna have to play in the playoffs. Right. So if he comes back week ten and he, and he really starts doesn't get start rolling until week thirteen, that's gonna be the playoff season for fantasy football. We actually stop trades during the, the uh, playoff season, so he'll be somebody offload right after the Super Bowl or even as we get closer like in the offseason and let those last six weeks of numbers kind of really saturate and marinate inside his mind of gloriness so I can really kind of bend him over and lube him up with all those numbers. Okay. Well, you you, you did mention that Brandon Wilds was, was cut. Mm-hmm. Um, they not only signed Jamal Charles, they promoted David Williams also from their practice squad, just letting you know, running back. Not worried about that either. Neither um, am I. Just, just thought I'd mention. And, uh, of course, they're shopping uh, Devontae Parker in Miami. Mr. De- Devontae Parker out of Louisville with the 80 inch wing span that never dropped any footballs in college. First round pick uh, so far in Miami. Matt, what has he accomplished? Uh, two things Jack and squat. Ooh, they're living in a van down by the river. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Living on government cheese. <laughs> uh, that's all we're going to talk about, Devontae Parker, because we're not going to waste our breath. Let's move on to some guys that we feel are good value to buy right now today like today is the day you're gonna go out there and try and buy these guys we mentioned this last week this is a time of season it's really good to go out there and make some trades some guys are starting to feel they're out of it guys are getting injuries every time somebody gets hurt like a guy like a jhi if i have a running back i'm looking to off sell for anything or to sell for anything i love to attack those teams right away just to make sure they because you know right away you catch somebody oh i just lost a jai oh shit what do i do what do i do oh rich just offered me this okay i'll take it Hey, first come, first serve. Sometimes that's what it takes. How many times have you seen a trade go down in your league and you're like, oh, dude, I would have gave you more for him? Right. That happens well, all the time. Yep. Be proactive, okay? Uh, so here's a couple guys that we think, again, not no, – some of these guys are going to be expensive. I was going to say, they're not cheap. These aren't guys that are cheap, but their value, in our opinions, are going to be going up. Yeah, so these are good dynasty buy lows for your team. Uh, that will either will explain to you what we think they're going to do the rest of the year or just down the road. Number one guy here on my list. This is no number one in list, but number guy guy. He's just the top here. guy in your list. Top guy in the list right. here. He's uh, not like Aaron Jones. Yep, the guy we've been preaching again in Green Bay there uh, for a couple for me almost two years now. Yeah, since I've been he, preaching yeah, Aaron Jones over came, Jamal Williams since he came out. Definitely. So Aaron Jones is just you know better yards after contact, better yards overall. Right now, Aaron Jones is sitting at running back 51 on the year in PPR leagues. Jamal Williams is running back 46 on the year. You know what the big difference is? That Jamal Williams has played two more games than Aaron Jones, and he's literally only five spots higher than him in the pecking order. 
And I know that, you know, they're not giving Jones to carry there in Green Bay because they're stubborn out there. Mike McCarthy is a stubborn guy. The closer we get to Christmas, the more grinchy he gets out there. And they like to play the hot hand and running back. But the hot hand is clear as day as everybody. It's so hot, you can't even put a glove on. It's Aaron Jones. The guy's a stud. I've sitting here, I'm just being redundant because I've said the same thing over and over and over again. Let's go back. Let's go back in time and a little DeLorean here. Ready? Oh, pre-draft process. When you're drafting a running back, here we go into the 2017 rookie draft. Hey, fellas, why would you waste this good second-round pick on a guy like Jamal Williams who's going to be more than just like an in-between tackles runner, might catch a ball or two or here, when you can just wait two more rounds and get this dynamic, explosive player out of UTEP named Aaron Jones? Oh, wow. Hey, come on down. Fast forward to this past week, and the Grinch himself <laughs> said he would, quote, love to get Aaron Jones more work, but there are more to the position there's more to the position than just running the football. So that's why you're not gonna see more of Aaron Jones right now. Oh, because he can't pass protect the way you want him to pass protect? Well when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, pass protection is pretty pretty important. I mean Hey hey Mike, you okay you're Mike, right? You pretend you're Mike. I'll pretend like I'm the Grinch. Hey hey Mike, what's what's your job title there? <laughs> Head football coach. Head what? Football coach. Football coach? Yeah. Hey, what does Aaron Jones need to do a little bit better? Pass protect. What does that take to help somebody do like that? Something like that. Just curious here from my uh, Dynasty Nerds reporting well, perspective. Well, coaching what, helps. What's your, what's your head job again? I'm the head football coach. And who's the better running back? <laughs> Like the more explosive guy that gets oh, more Aaron yards. Oh, Aaron Jones like after, is the more explosive like way guy. Way more yards after contact mm-hmm. and just more explosive. Yeah. And has a better chance to put your team in a position to win hold, football games. Hold on. Here's here's another quote from myself. He's yes. dynamic with the ball in his hands. Hmm. Dude, hey, Grinch, I heard that same thing on this <laughs> freaking Dynasty Nerds podcast literally almost two years ago. That's crazy. Is he a uh, scout for you? Uh, he's not yet, no. Well, guess what? It's his birthday today, and you should do him a favor and offer him a job. He's going to decline because he's a Browns fan. He won't work for anybody else. Well, there's more to scouting than just watching football. Only skill position players <laughs> that can score fantasy points because that's all he does. That's all he does. And he doesn't do quarterbacks unless their name's Baker Mayfield. All right. Um, so to me, buying Aaron Jones now, you know, everybody's reading. It. A lot of people are going to read these same blurbs and Roto World things. You know, hey, you know, Mike McCarthy wants to do this and that, but. You can always go back right now to the proofs in the pudding and saying, hey, you know, Aaron Jones is running back 51 in a year. Well, he missed three games. Okay, well, you know, add a couple more points to that. He's still running back, what, 32 in a year. It's still not a running back, too. And bye. Right now, I think when the, when the, the going is going to be getting good, which is going to play off time, I think Aaron Jones will be locked in as the, the, the fantasy producer there. And right now, we don't even know who the number one, two receiver is offset of Devontae Parker. You know, Jimmy Graham is old. He's degenerative. And, you know, you got... Devontae Adams. You said Parker. You're confusing me. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, Louisville, <laughs> Miami. Uh, they might have to trade for him because their receivers are, you know... Randall Cobb is hurt. He's always hurt. He's always going to be hurt. And right now, it's either be Marquez Valdez-Scantlin or it's going to be Geronimo Allison. Right. I mean, I think Allison, if healthy, is going to get first crack at that. I don't know... You know which which one of those two guys is the better long term play though that it's a very muddy situation. Um, 
I would like to have either one or both, you know, shares of either one of those guys, to be honest, because you can run three receivers out of that. Absolutely. Offense. Definitely. Yep. You know, the guy like Jimmy Graham who's going to be more like red zone dependent. This house, this house is haunted. Haunted. Is that door open by itself? That was creepy. That's really freaky. If you heard it on the podcast, then, well, now there's three of us here. Yep. Can't see one of them. It's my degenerative friend. <laughs> <laughs> How degenerative is he? You can't Invisible. even see him. He degenerated completely. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, so Aaron Jones, like, what do you think the, is the price tag on Aaron Jones right now? Like, what's the cost of Aaron Jones? You he, think, you think a late 19 first? Like I feel like that's someone high. I feel like that's high too. Um, I would. I mean, I would be shooting for maybe a multi-pick offer that started with a second and fourth or something like that, and see if that'll get it done. Yeah, I'd have no problem getting a second and a third, like a nineteen second and third. Yeah. Literally no problem whatsoever. Right. And hopefully that would get it done. Uh, it's always weird when I say things like that, like oh that get it done because it's like I'm such like on my end of what, the way I play fantasy. Like, when people offer me picks like that, for the most part, anybody that's young that has upside, I never take the picks. Never. Like, I'm always willing to gamble on a player than gamble on, like, a late-round pick, personally. So am I. Yeah, I mean, I throw around second- and third-round picks like they're nothing in trades. Because people like them. People like them, and to me, they're nothing. Well, they're good. Second-round picks are good. I Don't get they're me wrong. Good. Like, I, if I'm if I'm not competing, sure, give me second-round second third round picks if, if i'm out of it yes i want those for a player that i don't see as a long-term fit on my team or somebody that you know i just don't overly love yes i'll definitely take them don't get me wrong um but if it's somebody that i want and i and it's not a player that i value as a first round pick i'll throw multiple second round picks at somebody like and not even care and and not pick in the second round for two three years in a row i just don't care i won't miss the second round pick you know what i mean i feel like i can make it up it, with later round picks that I hit on that maybe, you know, somebody else won't. So, yeah, and to me with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, it's it's something that they just invested in their draft picks last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Williams drafted a little higher than Aaron Jones as it was. So with their cap situation, with Aaron Rodgers, signing Devontae Adams and whatnot, like they're not going to go out there and sign a big-time running back either. So they do address the running back in the offseason. I would see it more through the draft again. And I think Aaron Jones, even Jamal Williams, when it comes to a football standpoint, are good enough to hold off. Like for them, that we're saying going to be a dire need into the offseason. So I think investing in a guy like Aaron Jones isn't like a short-sighted uh, move for your dynasty team here for like just this year. I think it could be a nice little two-year window uh, up to a, like a three-year window for a guy like Aaron Jones to come out there and absolutely produce. And somehow, maybe if he does take that step forward and become a solid NFL running back, it might be even a little bit longer than that, like that. So that's where it comes into the, the part where I'm saying invest now in to the second and third. And if I was really desperate, like I'd be able to do the maneuver again where, hey, I'll give you my 19 first, but then you give me like your 20, 20 second, you know, maybe right. something like that, Aaron Jones. It's and, down the and, road. And the, the only thing that concerns me about Aaron Jones, because obviously you, you see him and he's really explosive and he looks uh, – like he's playing at a different speed than Jamal um, Williams, basically. Because he is. Because he is right. Um, the one thing that we, you and I, and anyone else watching or reading and studying and everything, or even people that are outside of the Green Bay Packers organization, don't know is you know how much does this guy work? Is he a knucklehead? You know, is he putting in the time? Like this is stuff that we don't know, and all we can do is try to glean stuff from what the coach says. Yeah, you know, so it's hard. It's it's that's like the one part of it that we'll never know, and that's 
that's sometimes how we get burnt. You know what yeah. I mean? We put that's two- actually a really good way to look at it. Like, we just say, why aren't you giving more care? It's so easy to point. Like, why aren't you do? Why aren't you this? And they, maybe he is. Right. You're right. Maybe, I mean, maybe he's... <sighs> Maybe he's not he's not in the playbook. He's not at the meetings. He's late to meetings. He's sleeping in me. Like who the hell knows, man? Somebody get in jo- in touch with Aaron Jones and get him in contact with me. All I gotta do is talk to him for five minutes and I'll be able to tell you if he's a knucklehead or not. That's right. what I do. I talk to people for like five minutes. I'm like, dude, this dude's a fucking knucklehead. Yep. See how you use the F word there? I know. It's so hard for we, me not we, to use an F word. We'd edit that out, but we don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> So if you knew me in real life, like, hopefully your kids weren't in the car. My wife yells at me and she's like, You swear so much. And I'm like, I know. It's my favorite thing to do. I used the F word way too much in life. Yeah. But I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's hard with I kids. I started using explicit, uh, explicitives. That's not the word. Explicit. What is the word? Expletives. That, dude, there's no way I'm pronouncing that. <laughs> I can't even put G's at the end of my words. Yeah, good point. It's the biggest fault. Uh, yes, man. Oh, it's a guy that they can't put a G at the end of running back. Sorry. Running. Running back. I say running back. It's way quicker. Running. I'm the Jim Bob Cooter of podcasting, all right? <laughs> um, moving on. Next guy I think is good value here is Jarek McKinnon. Uh, somebody tweeted me today. They're like, well, why do you think McKinnon's a good value? They can get out from him from next year. I think they're going to cut him. I don't think they're going to cut him. You know, I think they're they're seeing right now they have Alfred Morris on that one-year deal. He's going to go. Matt Breda is a nice, uh, really good complimentary running back to show that he can show some – like I think he would offset Jarek McKinnon very nicely as like a more in between the tackles kind of runner there, very explosive. And you bring Jarek in to be what he's going to uh, be, bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo next year. He's on his deal. They paid a lot of that money up front and the guaranteed money already as it is. I think Jarek McKinnon's a nice buy right now because I think a lot of people are going to think, hey, you know, Breda's playing pretty well this year. He could be the guy next year. I don't really see Breda as a who is a guy who I do like in long-term dynasty as a nice asset, but as like not the guy there, I think they do bring McKinnon back next year. And it's going to be more of the reasons why we don't see them trading for a running back because they have their salary already locked up in a guy like Jarek McKinnon. And it's going to be the Breda and McKinnon show next year. And we'll see everything that we thought he was worth going into the year in that offense and how they want to use him where he's going to catch a ton of footballs. Like that Christian McCaffrey kind of role out there. I think right now you can get McKinnon where I gave him a first and second before the season started him. I think you might be able to get him for a 20, 20 second and a player you don't want right now, or somebody who's desperate for a running back. You can throw them a guy like Wendell Smallwood in a 20, 20 second and a 20, 20, you know, in, in something or a player you don't like and get a guy like Jarek McKinnon. Um, I definitely think it's a good buying opportunity and I think he's going to be there. For a lot of the reasons that you already said, I'm not going to rehash everything you just said, but um, Jarek McKinnon, I th- I think that Matt Breda is nicked up and has been nicked up enough already in this short span when it's been his job and his job pretty much exclusively that it, it proves to me that they do need a Jarek McKinnon there um, to kind of offset him and, and take some of the workload off. Um, so yes, I, I like Jared McKinnon. I think he's going to be back there and he's going to be in that really good offense. That's fantastic for, for fantasy running with backs. Jimmy back. And you got to remember leading up to this whole time. Everybody just kept saying, even the beat reporters, like I don't, I remember beat reporters saying, I don't play fantasy football, but if I did, I know you'd want Jared McKinnon on your team because he's going to catch a lot of footballs. Mm-hmm. That's the one, uh, you know, quip and blurb I saw coming out of like the San Francisco reporters 
that I always remembered and visualized got to my head. I was like, wow. And that's right when I was like, I got to make a move. I got to get more McKinnon's chairs because he is going to catch a lot of footballs in that Shanahan offense. That's the offense it runs. So I think right now, whatever the worth, whatever the price is going to be, definitely with somebody who did invest in McKinnon and want to use him for the run, they're, they're hurting that running back right now. Mm-hmm. And if you can kind of ease that pain a little bit with a guy that you kind of want to get out from under, then maybe you can. Maybe you can take it. Maybe you can do like a swap where you, hey, your guy's hurt. My guy's hurt. I'll give you Jay Jai, who's a much better commodity by name, and a second. You know, you you, you spice up spice up a little bit more. Okay, I'll give you Jay Jai, and a pick for McKinnon. Right. I, like, I, oh, okay. I almost heard the word second come off your your tongue, but would that, would that be would that be too much in your eyes? I don't. I don't value. See, for me though, it's like I would look at it like I'm almost just giving up a second because I don't value. I think right. I would never own Jay Jai. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, I think. Right, right, right. And that's the thing. Like, if you said, hey, I'll give you. Because I, I, I bet that would get it done for sure. Because somebody like, mm-hmm. you're going to give me JJ and a second, like a 19 second. Definitely if I'm a contender, it's going to be a late second. People are like, oh, I'm ripping you off. But for me, I literally hold JJ with almost zero value. Like, if I was using Dynasty Trade Calculator and uh, JJ was in there, like, his point value would be zero to me, pretty much. Because if you own him, you're going to use him sparingly because he's going to be hurt all the time and when you do hurt it use him he's gonna really bend you over for a game because he's gonna get hurt one of those games and come out and more likely than two he's somebody i would never want to own on any of my rosters i think he's more of an anchor than a float and he's not i think he's gonna hurt your team way more than he can possibly help you so for me to give up jj and a second for a getting guy that i'm saying to go out and trade for that i do believe in for 2019 to really help me get to where i want to be and that's championship caliber team i'd have no problem giving jj in a Mm -hmm. pick Obviously, I'm not going to start at a second, but I'm like, hey, I'll give you J.J. in a third. Because even that sounds kind of sexy right now for a guy like Jeremy McKinnon, doesn't it? Sure. To the outsider. Looking to the in. outsider. Yeah. So, for me, I would love to do a move like that, but I am definitely trying to acquire it. I mean, Jared it would have sounded a lot sexier last week. <laughs> Way sexier last week. Like, you'll do what? But that, honestly, that would have been a great move. Like, if you would have taken that for a guy, like, obviously, we're not going to talk about the same guys every single week to trade for. But if that was always in your back of mind, like, oh, like, That'd have been a good opportunity. Like you went to like unload a guy like JJ. We talk about guys that go down and be quick to act. That'd have been a perfect opportunity to go back and go, "Hey, I saw you lost Jarek McKinnon. Hey, I'll give you JJ for him." Right? Oh, yeah, for for sure, I'll do that. Okay, I'm like sucker, JJ's out for the year. You didn't know that, stupid. I'm like, dude, give it five weeks. You're gonna be out for the year too. <laughs> I know this because Rich has crystal balls. Oh man. Uh, moving on because it's getting late in the show. We got about 15 minutes here to talk about some guys that we want to buy. You bring your credit card? I uh, did not. Paying straight cash on me? Yeah, straight up cash. All right, let's buy some of these guys. Naheem Hines Ooh. for the Indianapolis Colts. This, this, what is he doing, Matt? He's just scoring 16 points per game. No big deal, so right? Those, so his, right now he's running back 13 on a year in fantasy football PPR league. So his stock is high right now because he's producing. I'm looking for somebody that's trying to like capitalize on a moment where he is like selling high and thinking they're going to sign a guy like – so here it is. If they sign Le'Veon Bell in the offseason, Naheem Hines' value is just kaput. He's got nothing. But if they sign a guy like a pure, you know, say they brought in a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, or they sign a guy like Nick Chubb, or they bring in a guy like Derrick Henry, you know, they, they draft a pure runner, then Hines' value is going to stay put where it is. So yep. it's only if they get a guy like Le'Veon Bell, which to me, I think they'd be better off investing in that offensive line than investing in a running back and just draft one of those pure runners like we were just talking about. And it wouldn't make sense to when you already have 
a guy who's shown that he can run through tackles a little bit, but is really solid in that pass catching role as it is on a cheap rookie contract. I like Naheem Hines being running back 13. When I saw that number really locked in, I know we mentioned before might push, push his price range out of like a good buy right now, what we want to go with here, but I'm definitely feeling the waters for a guy like Hines. I think it's worth it. I mean, if the guy just if the guy doesn't see a lot of long term value, just maybe due to a size or something like that, or like you said, you know, the, the potential of them bringing in uh, an all around running back next year, then yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth a, a conversation with whoever owns him. Yeah. So again, I'm not gonna we're not gonna push hard Hines because I feel his value is gonna be more fair right now, or even slightly inflated. But definitely a situation to watch because like if they sign Jay Jai now season. Oh, yeah, buy some Naheem Hines <laughs> for sure. I just think he's going to be locked in that role with Andrew Luck as a solid PPR ga- uh, game. And I don't think these numbers are a fluke. I think that's exactly what he could produce on a weekend week out basis. From a skill, from a skill standpoint, um, we like this guy long term. So, I mean, he's, he's only getting just getting started now. It's, it's it, 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 it might be one of those players where, you know, his value just kind of stays right where it's at, which is a nice little – running back two, running back one, borderline type of player for a long time. And this is where we go back to when we were talking about earlier when we're doing a startup draft and how I don't want to invest in running backs because you can draft guys like this so much later mm. and get such solid production out of these PPR guys and a guy like Neem Hines who's outproducing. He's running back 13 in a year, scoring about 16 points per game, which is fantastic. Uh, why would I want to invest in a guy so high and such a, in a position that gets hurt so often when I could literally just wait so much more rounds and get a guy like Aaron Jones, get a guy like Naheem Hines, get a guy like, you know, Chris Thompson, who can produce at such a, like, you know, not top-tier level, but you're going to get a receiver that's going to do it for a lot longer. So, moving on. Moving on. Karrion Johnson, running back 26 on the year. Right on the outside of being a running back two. Running back three. High right. running back three. Right. Because Matt Patricia wants to split the carries evenly. They want to. You know, a lot of rumors coming out now saying, hey, you know, they just want to rest Karrion Johnson because even the coach said we've looked at the numbers um, about keeping running backs fresh for down the road. So they want to ride Karrion down late in the stretch to hopefully a playoff run. Right now they're just trying to win some games. So there's going to be playoffs in the future anyways. But I'm buying that. Like I'm buying that they want to kind of keep Karrion fresh, which I like because right now it's keeping his value in a community a little bit lower. Suppressed, if you will. I really, truly believe in the bottom of the balls that this is just a very temporary situation and Karrion Johnson's going to be an absolute dynasty. I don't want to say stud. You know, he's not going to be up there with like, oh, Le'Veon Bell. But, hey, running back, you know, 13, running back 12. That's pretty sexy, right? Definitely. I mean, uh, if he can basically more or less double his value, um, for the long term that, that's great and where a lot of the you know where was he going pretty much the end of the first round so i mean what are you giving up for a guy like him at I am, this point i am giving up i am giving up my entire draft next year okay for him i'm giving up i'm going to him hey uh you invested a late first round pick for him i'm looking at him you know i'm i'm gonna be anywhere from pick eight to you know 11 don't even say 12 right don't even give yourself a chance uh, I'll give you my first, my second, my third, my fourth, my fifth, and I will give you uh, 
a 2023 too. All right, so you're really or, laying it out there. Yeah, I'm really laying it out there because again, like we just mentioned earlier, a lot of those picks are just fodder. It's it's oh, you know, oh you're, you're stacking yeah. it, but oh. uh, you know, I'm like, you know, if there's is there a player that you want? Uh, there's something going on because I think Carryon's gonna be one of those guys that you're gonna want to latch onto for a, a a good amount of time. We're saying ha- I'm going hashtag three to four year window for a guy like Carryon because always goes back to me is what. You know, looking at the college tape and his running back style, and I said, you know, this patience and kind of reminded me of like a, you know, like a poor man's Le'Veon Bell is like kind of my comp for him. Yeah, and um, I said, I said Demarco Murray, and, and I, you I, gave him that Demarco right. Murray comp, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just seeing the way he's already in Detroit, the way he's caught the football, uh, and playing in the situation he's in with that offense and the weapons around him, and having a good quarterback out there, I, I think the value is there. And I, I he comes back. He's a player for me. As long as the the, the owner's not being silly, I'm going to listen pretty hard on that offer that I get a rebuttal on. I mean, unless the owner comes back to me and says, "No, dude, I'm not trading you carry on. He's just not. I'm not trading him. I love him. Okay, okay." Because a lot of times people, when it comes to dynasty trades, they want to get the better end of the deal. Like a lot of people don't want to do fair deals. They want to get the better end of the deal. Uh, if they sent me an offer that I can live with that where they win a little bit. Again, I think I'm going to win that long term down the road. I'd much rather get away with just giving up picks, but they come back to me because right now the city listen to the podcast. They want 2020 picks and they're like, Hey, I want a 2020 first and I want your 19 second. I'd do that too. Right. Like if, yeah. if I need a running back, I'd have no problem giving up my 2020 first because I already plan to invest in that 2021st in a running back that I hope would be as good as Kerry Johnson anyways, and by then he'll be a full-blown so, starter by that point. Right. So yep. I have no problem dealing like a 19-second and a 2021st because he already invested a first, so you're not just going to give a first for him. Like that's, it's, that's, what, that's why I asked it. It's a lateral move. That's why I asked it the way I asked it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I got what you're saying. It right. makes sense, and I agree with you 100%. That's not going to get it done. I mean – Maybe somebody would, but that to me that'd be silly to accept an offer like that. You got to do more. You got to offer that first and second. So maybe to sign this, you know, like I said, my whole nineteen draft class. I love to go on. Okay, I'll give you my whole nineteen class. You know, that first, second, third, fourth, and however how draft deep your draft is. Right, right. Because to me, that's a you're basically giving up a first, second, third, the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth. I mean, like literally zero. Just give them away. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, there's a diamond in the rough there occasionally, and that, right. we help you with those draft picks where you do find some good diamonds in the rough there. But, but but in the middle of the draft, if you see one coming, you can approach the guy and say, hey. I they're whoever, much easier whoever, to acquire. Whoever's on the clock, you know, in the fourth round, you could be like, hey, dude, I'll give you my next year fourth round. You know, you can make that pick back up. It, yeah. it's, if it's, it's not fourth round pick, hey, I'll give you my third next year for your fourth this year. Right. So that, that always gets it done unless exactly. you're somebody they love. So for me, I'm doing it. Like, I'm going to slightly what seems like an overpay today for carrying on. I'm going to do it because if the guy's like, no, I don't really like next year's, next, next year's draft class. Like, I like the 2020 class. I'm like, all right, dude, you know, like, I like carry on, you know, and. I know next that twenty twenty class is gonna be freaking awesome, but hey, I'll give you my twenty twenty first and my nineteen second. Does it get it done? Uh, I don't know. And even if he says I don't know, I'm like okay, what about just okay? I'll give you my nineteen first or twenty twenty first, my nineteen second, and my nineteen third. Sounds like a that sounds like a lot, right? Right. For a guy that was just a late first round pick, you're giving him a twenty twenty first in a deep class and a second and a third round pick. Well, I'm going to a second round, third round pick in a, in a class I don't value. And a 2021st to me is a lateral move that's two years down the road. I'm not even going to worry about those are picks I inquire down in the future. So that's where that's how I look at carry on personally. All right, I like it. Me. Um, let's get in some receivers here real quick. Chris Godwin currently wide receiver 48 on the year. 
with our, with we're bringing back Jameis Winston to the fold here. I know he had some struggles last year with Deshaun Jackson. Now he's going to have Chris Godwin. Same thing. O.J. Howard's banged up. Cameron Brait, if you're real desperate for tight end help, he might be able to help you out because Jameis Winston and Cameron Brait got a little thing going, a little wink-wink action going on bang. there. Uh, nice little short-term fix there. But Chris Godwin, uh, a receiver guy who got hyped up pretty in the off, pretty good in the offseason right now, sitting at wide receiver 48 pretty much just had about one good game that was really solid good game out there just been kind of mediocre at best uh somebody i still like long term for tampa bay going on the road here for at least the next two years in that offense with a lot of good skill position players out there definitely get a guy like oj howard back don't think deshaun jackson's gonna be there long term i think he's a nice buy i'm with you there i love the reasonings um obviously deshaun jackson probably not long for the organization like you said and and he'll slide right into the number two Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Taiwan Taylor, Tennessee Titans. Currently wide receiver number 81 on the year. uh, Sorry, 61 on the year. 81 would be really bad. Yeah, whoa. Uh, 61's not that good either. But Taiwan Taylor's a guy that we said coming out of the draft, we were like, hey, the future at wide receiver out there is going to be Corey Davis and Taiwan Taylor. That's how we kind of foresaw it Mm -hmm. during the draft process. Now Taiwan Taylor, with her, with the exit of a guy like Richard Matthews, is right. locked in as a number two uh, receiver. And they've both kind of been retarded a little bit by Marcus Mariota, who's been just uh. Uh, so far. Again, no really si- solid option at tight end. The running game has been, you know, subpar right. at I best. Mean, it, it, yeah, that's the thing. Like, Taiwan Taylor, I like, I like the talent, but I'm just not sure – and, and 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 the fact that his numbers are down might actually provide a nice little buy opportunity but but when when are you going to have the payoff is it when they finally make a change at quarterback i mean obviously wide receivers typically have a, a, a pretty long career so they're going to outlast you know running backs and all that kind of guy all that kind of stuff but is mariota there is that, is he the answer there long term cuz if he is they're and they're stuck in this same kind of run centric offense is there a lot of value in a wide receiver two on the Tennessee Titans? Uh, maybe not. I, I I'd be relying. I'm relying more on that Marcus Mariota can kind of put it together a little bit more. Right. Uh, going forward to to provide some reliability. He's already shown that Corey Davis. Corey Davis has already shown that he could thrive under the system, and it's something I can lock that up and kind of give that number like open things up more for Taiwan. I like his size. I like his speed. Right, I like his right. ability. Where I think, like you said, worst case scenario for a guy like Taiwan Taylor, because I don't think he's going to be overly expensive to buy right now. I think he's really good value. And I've liked what I've seen so far just out of him as a player altogether. Even if he leaves there, I can see him turning into, I think, a really good comparison for me personally would be like a guy like Marvin Jones. I was going to say Emmanuel Sanders. You or know, Emmanuel Sanders. Kind of buried there in Pittsburgh. And then when he got out of there, he kind of. he like burst onto the scene and kind of started thriving there in Denver. Yeah. I mean, but I think those are both good comp, you know, right. guys that like had a re- you know, really good upside, good, good late. Like they started to show late as right before they're about to leave what mm-hmm. they could do. And then they go out and they produce, I think. Yeah. Like a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, a guy like Marvin Jones, um, not as much as like a Muhammad Sanu, who's been kind of okay. I mm-hmm. think that'd be, I think Muhammad Sanu would be like Taiwan Taylor's floor. And even Sanu, somebody you can kind of flex start when needed uh, in spot start at receiver and hopefully put together that game. I think it'd be like Taiwan's floor. And even if he stays in Mario, if he, I think if he stays in Tennessee, 
it shows us that, you know, he would only stay if, like, that offense is getting the ball more and Mariota is taking a step forward. If he doesn't, I think he can leave. Now, that is going to be two years down the road. But, again, I think his price tag right now is so low, um, I think it can only go, actually, up at this point. Like, he can just show a little bit more and a little bit more where that price, maybe not too much difference, but right. still, we're looking at a low point buy for a long-term play. And I think we can see that long-term play come a lot sooner by the end of this year as they get a little bit more of a rapport built there. Or worst-case scenario, which, again, it's a long time down the road, potentially two years. All right. I like it, man. I, I really do. I like what you're saying there. All right. Um, another guy on my list here is a guy who's, again, not going to be very cheap. Mike Williams, San Diego oh. Chargers. Currently, wide receiver 36. He's the lowest wide receiver you could possibly be. Um, Tyrell Williams still out there doing things. I think the only thing to worry about me here about Mike Williams, I guess, would be would just be Phillip Rivers leaving, and they just get a really boo-boo quarterback in there. We've been only concerned there with the age difference there. But right now, again, Mike Williams, somebody who is, has really top 10 draft pedigree. Uh, Dude. Coming in there. Size. Allen not producing. Yeah. And he's showing out there like a nice, solid red zone threat Mm -hmm. when he can actually put everything together and get full-blown like late in a year here. Season is going to be a very solid fantasy receiver. Somebody who, again, that we built up and talked was really high draft pick in not only your dynasty leagues, but in NFL draft. And kind of right now just sitting kind of the back burner and we see i've seen this again a lot of times where you know i'm not talking we're not talking about john ross like this you know no. but these players that get drafted here and people just after a year of him missing a year and then just not really doing a lot besides scoring a couple of touchdowns in San Diego or, or la saying eh, i can kind of get rid of mike williams but in reality here he's about a year away from just being a very very good fantasy receiver he's a year away from exploding and not in being unobtainable basically yeah so i mean go out tons of i mean deandre hopkins was like a player like that was like a slow rise right player that we liked a lot coming out i mean when he came out at the time deandre hopkins was our number one receiver coming well well i know that you didn't have him as your number but this he was my number one wide receiver on my board last year over in, in 2007 oh, over Corey Davis yeah. and it had a lot to do you know with with his landing spot and everything like that because I just thought the offense was better um but I also just loved his explosiveness and his talent so you know it was kind of the the, the divide you know was where he landed for okay. me yeah so again Mike Williams value when it comes to buying him I am willing to pay kind of what it takes to get you know what what does this team need to has Mike Williams? What okay? What does that team need? Where where are they hurting? Mm-hmm. Where can I cut bait? And even that cutting bait is giving a player that's kind of like, you know, to me that maybe is plateaued where they're good but they're not great and they'll never kind of be great in my eyes. I'm gonna flip flop that for somebody that can be great, right? And of course, if I could try draft picks, I'm gonna try draft picks first. Uh, but again, not afraid to give a player and a draft pick or kind of overpay. Uh, and draft capital for a player like Mike Williams. I do believe the long-term potential is there, uh, and I'm a big fan. And obviously you are too. I am, definitely. Let's say, hypothetically, you had a really high 2020 first-round draft pick. Okay. Would you give it for Mike Williams? Uh, so the only way to judge that would be like, okay, so my team right now is really crappy. 
And I'm, no, let's just say you're uh, uh, you've acquired a really high 2023. Well, we wouldn't know if it's high, but it's impossible to say. Is what I'm saying. Okay, gotcha. We wouldn't. There's no way to know. In that league, I told you we're the worst team I ever had in my entire life. Uh, in that podcast league, I mean, where I can't couldn't make a trade. I had to, I got Saquon in. My team was terrible. It's been terrible, right? Mm-hmm. My first round pick in anybody's eyes would have been glorious. Right. I'm in like first place in that league this year. You know, so I literally went from worst to first. Right. So two years, two years is too far of a project, projection for you. Or I just had a, I just had a loss. I think I dropped a couple spots so on the points. Yeah. So for me, it's like the only way to project it is, if, is okay. If I'm that team, right? I have a my team right now. Say I'm sitting own five. Mm-hmm. My team is terrible. Then so it looks like your team's gonna be crappy, and a lot of people are just gonna foresee that to being crappy forever. So then you would offer the twenty twenty first. Then would I give it my twenty twenty first? Then if I'm like sitting here at zero and five, mm-hmm. that's the best way to put it, right? Because it's impossible to say yes. Yeah, you would. Okay. Yeah, right. I would. All right. I just, Why not? I just what? trying to give a gauge. Uh, would you? Yeah, I yeah. definitely would. Yeah. It doesn't matter what year the first round pick for a guy like Mike Williams. I'd absolutely give. I'd give up same thing for Corey Davis. I'd give up a twenty twenty high first for Corey Davis right now. Uh, he's not really dominating the world right now, too. But to me, I could see a team being okay with that. But at the same time, I don't because a team most like again, like Corey Davis, most likely went one-one. So why nobody's gonna give up a twenty twenty-first for Corey Davis? Now Mike Williams could have slipped behind. Oh yeah, a lot of those guys. Mike, oh went, yeah, Mike Williams probably five, did five yeah. to nine mm-hmm. in that range right there. So that might be a little bit more easy to get rid of, like than a guy like Corey Davis. So. I'd absolutely, if I'm sitting there low and my biggest threat is that receiver, again, you're looking to turn that team around in two to three years. Anyway, so why not jump the curve there and give up your 2021st? That twenty that 2020 class is going to be really deep at running back. Even if your pick is up with someone higher, you'll still get a quality running back or a potential player with upside there. With your second in the round. second round yep. pick, again, it's two years down the road. Those picks are way easier to acquire down the road as it is. And then you plug and play the running backs. We, we just went back to this, why I want to draft receivers and have a good core of young receivers is because you can draft a guy like Naheem Hines in the second round of your rookie draft, and you can plug and play him right away, and you're getting 16 points a game, and that's all you need for a championship-caliber team. Because now you have, suddenly you have the, the, the number one running back, two on the market. So, yeah, I'd have no problem with that. I know you could look at it as a flip side and saying, well, I can get a plug-and-play really good running back out of that 2020 gla- draft. But even though how good of a draft class, draft class is, nothing's guaranteed. You get them taking that one turd of the bunch, and they don't produce anything. Absolutely. And you want those young receivers, but the point of getting a young receiver is so they take a couple of years, they 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 maturate into a nice solid player, and that usually takes about for a receiver anywhere from two to three years, unless you're Odell Beckham, and that's right where Mike Williams will be. Yep. He'll be in his fourth year, yep. which should be prime time. Prime. We're talking. We're talking age 25 season, 26 season, where you're really going to be ready to take that step forward. So absolutely, I would give up a high first-round pick for Mike Williams. Um, I, and I think I would be okay. I think if you want to reword it to you, like if I bust out my crystal balls, and like, okay, that's going to be the 20 – it's going to be – like no matter what it is, you're getting the second pick in the 2020 class. Yes, I would still do it. All right. Um, I like that. A couple guys here um, real quick here. Um, I have four tight ends written down here, and number one being George Kittle. And George Kittle, you're, okay, you want to buy George Kittle right now in a tight end market that's completely depleted of talent. We just lost another one this week with Austin Safarian Jenkins. Everybody's getting hurt. And then there's guys that aren't even hurt that aren't even producing that you thought would either dominate, like a guy like Rob Gronkowski, who's not dominating, or take a step forward like a guy like David Njoku, 
who's not taking a step forward, but has shown some upside. He's shown a lot more upside with since Baker. Baker. Yeah, he's right. seen about, a, you know, with everybody that wasn't Baker, he's seen about a 7% target share. With Baker, he's seen an 11% target share. And honestly, if you get rid of some of those Darren Fells catches, it'd be a little bit better there. But at the same time, whatever. Those are all freaking numbers he's not producing at a high level right now. So, okay, yeah, Rich, well, how am I going to get George Kittle right now if I if he's doing so well? To me, going into the year, right, I was saying, oh, I have Evan Ingram as my number one tight end, my number one tight end, my number one tight end. Well, you know, Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end right now in Dynasty. Am I paying that value during a startup draft? Absolutely not. But George Kittle is something that we thought had really great upside into this going into this offseason. He's somebody we preached last year on this mm-hmm. podcast. Make sure you got some George Kittle shares. And we preached this year before the season, say, maybe you should go out there and try and get George Kittle if you need tight end help. We think he's going to take a big step forward this year. He's going to be locked in. Great spark score athlete. One of the best in that combine, yeah. actually. Better than guys like Njoku. Currently, a number, wide receiver number five. And I'm looking at this market. And I'm looking at the tight ends in the league. And some of these guys being older, like Gronkowski. Um, a guy like Zach Ertz, I'm kind of somewhat willing to sell just because I do like Dallas Goddard. With Travis Kelsey being a little older, our, our young core of tight ends right here is going to be Evan Ingram, David Njoku, George Kittle. That's a young group. I'm willing to overpay for George Kittle because the more I'm looking at this and the more I think about it from a dynasty aspect, two years from now, two years from now, in the year 2020, this marvelous draft class, I easily can see, easily, not saying this is going to happen, George Kittle is the number one overall fantasy tight end. He's Travis Kelsey. No, yeah, he definitely could be, um, or Rob Gronkowski. I mean, he, it's 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 actually not even that big of a leap for me to see that. I mean, he, it. See him in the open field with the ball. Yeah, he he's really really explosive, man. He's so, Travis Kelsey. Right. Right. I mean, this, yeah. So, what would you pay for the number one? So he's tight end number five. Travis Kelsey's number one. Right. What would you pay for Travis Kelsey? I mean, I wouldn't have a problem like spending a first and second round draft pick on a guy like that absolutely not yeah and that, i mean that's bonkers to say like hunter henry's coming back we got we can't forget him either because he's super young too but right i mean yeah i agree with you the first and second round pick yeah i would do that and i and i i, I pay that i i mean in a heartbeat without even thinking about it. it it would take me one second to come to that conclusion it just did take me one second to come to that conclusion so and you think now if you're a kittle owner you think an owner would listen to that because I know, I mean, I know I wouldn't, again, personally, but knowing the community from Twitter, like, you could probably. I think they would have to at least listen to that, yeah. I mean, why stop at the first and second? Why not go to the first, second, and third? Just knock them out of the water. Well, I guess, you know, you probably know your league mates well enough to know whether you need to push that third or not, but. I would knock them out of the water. Like, yeah. I would, this, out of all the guys we're talking about here, maybe besides a guy like Carrion. Um, I think he's up here with what they're talking about, but I think more so even Kittle, because we're talking about the guy could be potentially number one at his position. I'm going to try and go in first offer by just knocking his socks off. Like, hey, I'll give you first, second, uh, and then like a player of like just name, you know, like in Larry Fitzgerald. You know, something Some, like that. Somebody with the names. I mean, it's been so, around. Somebody something that looks like a gross overpay. Like, right. I'm going to try and find a player that kind of like just really, it's a cherry on top. Because like the first and second, like you said, it's, it's a nice offer mm-hmm. for a tight end. Right. And then, unless it's a tight end premium league, you know, which is going to really, then it's going to be a little well, bit harder. Yeah. Then you're going to have to boost that up quite a bit, yeah. But, 
I mean, I would love to go in there like a standard PPR league. Hey, my first, my second, and then you offer that player just to like and JJ. Sure. Right. Yeah. Now that's a not that that's an offer. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll give you JJ a first and second. Well, you know, Johnny's hurt, but he will be in the next year, and they're going to be a first and second. I'll capitalize that into new f- two future Hall of Famers, and I'll have Jay Jai as well come back with two great knees and a great back and some great hair. Former soccer player, for sure I'll make that deal. Boom, you're the number one overall fantasy tight end. And you unloaded a crappy piece. Okay. All right. Um, so now the opposite spectrum of that is Evan Ingram at tight end number 26. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Um, somebody who we loved coming into this year. Really is underperformed. Somebody hit me up on Twitter and said, you know, Rich, I disagree with you on Evan Ingram because I think he's more so going to be last year was just a product of the system where everybody was hurt. He got over-targeted. That's where his numbers were inflated. I think you're overvaluing Evan Ingram. What say you? And I said, well, he's still a really great athlete. He's still a really good red zone threat there. Uh, I know Saquon Barkley is going to take a lot of uh, targets away. But again, I think tar- I think Saquon Barkley hurts everybody else even Odell Beckham a little bit more. Um, Evan Ingram, too, but not as much when it comes to red zone threats. Here's a guy that played in two and a half games so far. How can you say, like, and the one, the first game, he yeah, he, he did poorly against the Jaguars. 3.8 points, that's it. The second game, 19.7. Perfect time to buy. And then the, then the third game, when he got injured, he only caught one pass for 19 yards. So yeah. then he was then he was injured. Now he's been injured. So, yeah. That's why I wrote back. I was like, that's a stud. That's why I want to buy him. He's a total stud. And right now, the, I mean, the, the, the tight end that we just mentioned, tight end market looks freaking terrible. Right. So I would love to get a guy who's going to – I think Evan Ingram's even practicing lightly this week, so maybe back as soon as this week. He, he practiced today I, on a limited basis. Yeah, I'm absolutely buying Evan Ingram. If I'm going to call George Kittle my future tight end number one overall, I have no problem calling Evan Ingram my future tight end number two overall. If I got to bump him down a spot, I have no pr- problem doing it for my my man George. Yeah. So um, to me, again, I have no problem giving up if I need a young tight end. Like if I have my tight ends are you know Tyler Eifert and some other, and Ben Watson or someone else, and I have absolutely no problem whatsoever. Knocking some socks off again here for round two, leaving a guy with no socks, no socks, no shoes, knocking them off, stinky feet, overly exposed, and offering a first and second round pick for a guy like Evan Ingram. Nope, I don't have a problem with it either. Okay, and then at the end of the year, Matt, I think if if I'm looking at tight end down the road, remember tight ends don't produce very often. I think during the soft season, I'm going to heavily attack the owners of the Mike Kosicki and Dallas Goddard owners. And I'm trying to get both of those guys on my roster. I think they're both going to take nice steps forward into the next year. Again, why I'd kind of be willing to sell Zach Ertz, because I really do believe that Dallas Goddard is going to be the future tight end in that league. Maybe even not necessarily be in 19, 2019, but I'm saying by 2020 with Carson Wentz in that offense, he's going to be a, one of the top focus points of that offense come the 2020 season. And Dallas Goddard is going to be a nice red zone threat in that team as well. And I think his touchdown production, along with his receiving ability, who's one of the better pass-catching tight ends, actually probably the best pass-catching tight end out of this draft class, right. um, will be really good value. I have no – again, if my draft picks are really late this year, uh, say anywhere from pick 10 to 12, looking at this class, I'll know better when we get into the year. But I think those are two picks that I feel like, hey, I'll give you my first, definitely if it's around pick 11 and 12, uh, for Mike Kosicki or Dallas Goddard. Um, I don't have a problem with that at all. Obviously, we've we've talked a lot about Zach Ertz and and his contract and it basically just being 
this year is the guaranteed portion of it, and after that they can get out from underneath it. So I could definitely see a scenario where Dallas Goddard is taking over, if not just straight up next year, um, definitely the, the following year. Word to your mother. Matt, yep. we've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. My voice is starting to go bye-bye. I know. So, hey, hey, hey-ho, we've got to go and get ourselves into week two. If you want to talk and us about Dynasty on Twitter, where Matt does them to use his vocal cords. You can hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every single day for all your Dynasty fantasy football information. Great articles, great rankings, uh, just a great resource to look at things for fantasy football. Uh, of course, we have the Facebook group on there. Just click on the group chat. Uh, uh, almost 3,000 uh, people on that page, Matt. Nice. Talking Dynasty every single day. Great place to put some polls up there. Get a lot of different opinions about Dynasty questions. Love it on there. The Facebook group page. Join today. I can't recommend it enough. And if you want to give me a great birthday present, how about iTunes? Give us a rating and review. We're at 669, you dirty little birdies. It's literally the best present you can get the guy. Yeah, it's 669. I might actually go on there and review just for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Stop the podcast. <laughs> You're telling me you haven't rated and reviewed our own podcast? That would be correct. I was saving it for your birthday. What the hell is wrong with you? There's just something self-serving about rating your own podcast. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us. We don't even I rated and reviewed the podcast. Of course you did. But it was like five years ago, four right. years ago. So I don't know what it said. It's probably, this is a great podcast. It's probably like... Probably, I probably pretended I was somebody else. Right. <laughs> oh, I just found this. This is the best thing I've ever heard since... Uh, my wife said, I love you. Like, that guy's rich. <laughs> Who knows which one it is? Dick from Cleveland says. Now we said that, I'm actually going to have to go through there because I'm not a big reviewer, but I'm going to go on here and find what I was for four years ago. I'm going to change it. Like, hey, it's me, Rich. <laughs> Just chiming in saying this is great. I know. I agree with everything he says. Sign Rich Dotson. Uh, but if you can, take about three minutes of your time. Leave us a rating review. It would be fantastic. It's a good way to support the podcast. Keep us at the top of the charts. Uh, and of course, you want to wear an awesome T-shirt, buy Dynasty Nerds T-shirt. Until then, we back in week six with more injuries, more things to talk about for hopefully not an hour and fifteen minutes. Hopefully not. Until then, go Browns. Go Browns. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight, and follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.